All right, guys, welcome. Wait, wait, you forgot to cheers. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a cheers. All right. So we are on episode three. We are doing this doopsy. Yay! I find why I gave you why need me. I know Welcome to Life Be Life. Yay! And we are on episode three. That is amazing. This started off as a joke, and here we are killing it with episode three. three. And we have ideas for like the next couple or even ten of them already. We're on a roll. I know we're on a Cheers big to roll. that. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers Yay! <laughs> All right, so uh, today we have a special guest uh, who goes by Damola, a.k.a. Damola. Hey! <laughs> All right, that's my cousin, my elder cousin, <laughs> my older cousin. Um, my cousin and my brother by default. Exactly, so parts, exactly. Please. Um, I mean, we've known Damola our, our whole <laughs> life, myself and Dupe, because <laughs> he's older, clearly. But um, yeah, we're excited to have you on our podcast today because we want to kind of just talk about how life be lifing when it comes to like you know career just just work life you know mm -hmm. and we felt like you'll be a great person for this just because you know number one you old as f you know let's just put that out there yeah you just had to put that out there you you old <laughs> but now nah, besides that besides like that you have, you know, you've been through life in America. You mm -hmm. went to high school, well, primary school, high school in Nigeria. You moved here as an immigrant, went through college for how many years? Years, bro. <laughs> that's a story. That's a story. That's a story. That's a story. We don't, we that's gonna, a story we gonna, in itself. We're going to go into that, you know, and, and, you know, here you are flourishing and doing amazing things. You mm -hmm. know, we all look up to you for these things that you do. So we're really excited to kind of pick your brain and just talk to you and just kind of share with us the world, like how life be lifing, you know, mm -hmm. all the all the craziness of adulting when it comes to to work life. Right. Wow, that's the real life. in. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Duke, but we're going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, we've also seen the transition, you know, from your baby boy phase, mm -hmm. you know, to your... From the turn-up phase. phase. I know. <laughs> to now you're in your professional phase. We want to know how that happened, what changed, when, or how you felt during, like, you know, what prompted some of your life-changing decisions, because it's also curious to hear things, not just from a woman's perspective, which I'm sure we're going to hear here, I mean, of course, from us, and but I'd also want to hear it from your perspective and how that journey has gone. And Ooh. just for those that watched episode two, so this is Papa's brother, this is the person we were talking about. We, we said mean. we all, we we all, all went through the party stages stage. in Maryland. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, we went there, we went there. So, yeah, so let's kind of just kind of dig deep and kind of start the conversation of like how work life really is an mm -hmm. adulting life be lifing moment you know mm -hmm. even if you enjoy what you do you just still like literally i came out of my office today damala was here and i was just like please what's the way out <laughs> what, what way can i just like how can i just give up but still make money and mm -hmm. relax because work being like stressful sometimes yeah. even though i enjoy what i do but like i'll be working working <laughs> so What's your thought on that? Man, like, it, it, so it, it's weird for me now, right? Because now I think there, there are three dynamic lives in my life, right? Mm -hmm. There's the professional life. Yep. There's the being a husband life. Yep. And then there's the being a, 
a parent life, right? That's so it's facts. like it's balancing all of those three is in itself a life on its own. I so can life is really life in mm-hmm. y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you? It's funny because that was gonna be my last question, which was how do you? How do you basically? put everything together because i feel like in watching you right like you're someone who doesn't know you will probably be like damn you're like your life looks well you have it together like Mm -hmm. everything you know you got a happy wife looking all good and scrumptious over here however and you have your kids that are so amazing and like so well brought up and then you know even you as a husband i watch you guys and i i I think i even mentioned it in previous podcasts how like i just admire the way you guys are Mm -hmm. so like how do you do that like how do you balance all three to have this perfect life and i know you're probably like (laughs) it's not as perfect as it looks everybody says that it's not it's nothing (laughs) there's nothing perfect about my life but it's a good balance Mm -hmm. it's a balance compared to what we see out there (laughs) i mean but it's 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 still there right like i said the analogy is like you know you see the duck you know it's looking all glamorous on top Mm -hmm. and then on the bottom it's like trying to basically survive. I think Mm -hmm. that's really what it is. Each day is a different dynamic and lesson. Like it could be this day Mm -hmm. that work is the priority, right? Mm -hmm. And everything else has to be secondary because I had to just push that productivity there. I I think one of the most difficult things now is understanding that you can't give a hundred to different plates to everything at once yeah Yeah. like it has to be there are some days that you're just gonna have to give that hundred to Mm -hmm. being a husband Mm -hmm. another time it's being a hundred at being a father and then you know being a hundred at being at work because all those at least where where i am in my life Mm -hmm. all those three things Mm -hmm. they're not on equal priority list Mm. but they're equally as important for each of for each of them to match yeah Mm. yeah you know it's interesting when you said that i was thinking i was like damn i ain't got no kids i ain't got no husband (laughs) i should be putting a hundred percent into work but in reality as a single woman though you're putting 50 to work 50 to search in you know, yes, yes. too bad because you have to have a social life too. <laughs> yeah, like it's a balance. So you have, yeah. yeah, like it's it's actually always never really hundred percent for anybody yeah. because in reality, like I've been putting work into dating too. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's another twenty percent maybe. Own, yeah. yeah, so that's crazy. That's that's cool. But let's take it back to work, right? Mm-hmm. What was your idea of work life in college versus work life as an adult now? I'm just I'm gonna be so real with you because we need the realness. (laughs) I had I've had I had three, I had two different college experiences. Mm, How many years in total? (laughs) (laughs) Years, but you know it's like but it's fact. You know context is that when I first came to Mm. America, right? Mm -hmm. When I when they they sent me away from from when after they they sent you for better no 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 literally the way I the way I got. (laughs) <laughs> the way <laughs> life be life in your life, life be life you know right. no I'll be right back. They, they they literally sent me away because uh-huh. after I, after I graduated um high school secondary school right uh-huh. that summer was like a notorious summer you know so Pedro then Moyo and I we live like 5 minutes away from each other right mm-hmm. so like after and then that summer their mom was not around their mom had traveled so it was basically us, me as the elder, since Domi was already in, in England, yeah. and um, and them in the summer, and then it was like them, like an house help, a gate man, and <laughs> us. 
So I was always in their house that summer, and like I remember just getting a call one time, and like my mom said, "Come home." I was like, "Okay." I literally came home. My bags were packed. There was an envelope, my passport, my ticket, and money. I oh, said, wow. we're, "You're going to so Yankee." And I, was like, wow. and I was, I was actually pretty upset that, because. I was looking forward to go to lag. Like me and my boys were like oh, me, Lake K. Going we're to like, like, we're, we're like, you like you know, gonna get it popping. But yeah, fast forward. But you know, growing when so that first experience in Maryland as a college student was really just more being just experiencing being living in Yankee by myself. Mm-hmm. But you and, had come for like summer, so you had yeah, a yeah, yeah, you had no, a, that, was, that was okay. different. It wasn't that. It was just here by myself. It's like when people talk about going away for college, mm-hmm. I went away for college, but I went to another country. Mm-hmm. You okay. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was that. So those my first college experience was wild. That was they that was what they talk about about coming to Maryland. Like it was a it was a nonstop party and then the turning. Yes, I remember Moyo leaves school. I said she's going to Maryland. Or Domi was always visiting Maryland at one point in time. Mokwiju was also doing the same thing. Yeah, because that's where we were going to see them. And then Deshola landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you first when you first came, like, what was that experience in college like? You know, how how was was it easy to make friends? Did you end up just gearing towards other Nigerians? Did you mm-hmm. make more international friends, American what was friends? The experience settling down too. Well, I mean, it was a weird time in Yankee too because you know it wasn't like now where Afrobeat is popping, being Nigerian mm-hmm. is like popping. You were the the, uh, the booty scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was that. Booty. So it wasn't there wasn't no Nigerian clubs. Uh-huh. There weren't Nigerian, you know, hangout places. I remember, you know, um, uh, in, in DC then there were like a, a group of promoters that were just coming out, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think about you know Ayokara and Solitude, right? Rest in peace, Ayo. That you know, those are those were the people that actually started making it pop into hangout mm-hmm. as Nigerians. Mm-hmm. But then I had my boys, and we just were doing some other shit. Nigerian friends, yeah, Nigerian okay. friends. Kind of shit? <laughs> what kind of shit? So we we were always at the reggae spots, crossroads, crossroads, Wednesday crossroads. <laughs> we were always there, and that was like we were just wild. We were wild, and we we're in a, we we're in a uh, car race club where we used to do the wild. So you really and truly lived the American culture Man, for Yeah, we, that wild, we, we was wilded out. So it was like, you know, then it was like people were, you know, school was priority mm-hmm. and partying was like secondary. Uh, partying was, was primary part- and school was secondary. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and that's just the fact. So it was like that whole, so I was, I was basically... I spent, I was in Maryland from like 99 to 2005. By the time I graduated, I think I had like 60 credits. 99, <laughs> I swear, I had like 60 yeah, credits. Old, oh. Bro, man, you guys were talking about 30s. I'm like, shh, we need a conversation about 40s. 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So, so when, when you were a freshman, when you were coming, did you have that? idea of like work it's crazy when i speak to like young kids today like maybe Mm -hmm. in their 20s right they already have their future planned out Mm -hmm. sir jeff like you know they already already have their already like they're already like yeah like business work Mm -hmm. money blah like when i was in college me i was just thinking about turn up going to nigeria for christmas (laughs) my outfit well going to the next party but like i feel like when you were i never really thought about like work and stuff until maybe my senior year, maybe junior year, mm-hmm. but like for you, what was that? I know Domi did internships and stuff because yeah. you know, of course, that was Domi. She, she's <laughs> smart, that was but like, yeah. But like, so for you, was that on your mind at all, or were you just Jai life turn up? 
Yeah, so, you know, again, like, you know, I had two different college experiences, right? Mm -hmm. But that first college experience, I was nothing about post next year what will look like, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was really just about now. Then, but my second college experience, I was a little older, you know, I was like that OG in college that, mm -hmm. you know, I was already, I could already buy liquor when a lot of people couldn't, you know, so it was, it was also, you I know. Like, I like the way you said OG instead of old head. head, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> but I'm already giving off my age, right? Like, I'm talking about OG, not yeah, old head. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so then, you know, you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew I was good at science. Like, biology mm -hmm. was, like, my thing. It came natural to me. I didn't have to think too much about it. So I knew it was going to be that on that end. What I didn't know was, was it going to be, like, healthcare? Like, will I go into clinic, go into doctor? Like, I actually thought I was going to be a physical therapist. And then I had to go shadow... To get into physical therapy to school, I had to go shadow physical therapists. And I happened mm -hmm. to shadow a geriatric physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And... I remember like the session I went to, they were in the water and they were having like these deep conversations about their family. Like, you know, she knew a lot about this guy. And I'm like, I am not that person. <laughs> <laughs> this is not me. This is not going to work out. I, I swear to God, <laughs> this is not going to work out. So then, so I didn't really know until like after I initially, so I, as soon as I graduated, like um, I got a job in a lab. And I was like, okay, like, okay, this is what was I was like. Your first do. job? Yeah, like mm -hmm. my first real job. You know, I mean, I, yes, my first real job. Because I was gonna say, <laughs> I could have sworn you had security, <laughs> security guard. <laughs> that's why I said my first. He was CBI. That's why I said my first real job, right? Like, I don't. I, I don't need, I, I had you don't jobs. Count those. No, I don't, you don't count, count those. Those, those were okay. those were just working we'll, to go we'll back. We'll get to it though. But let's talk about the real real you know, job. So, so real yeah, job. yeah, yeah. But it was about that. That was when I think I started looking the things that you know i was older and i just think about balance and at least mm -hmm. professionally right because i felt i was underperforming according to where i should be in terms of my age mates right because mm -hmm. some of my friends are graduated or in college i'm now here in uh you know i went to school upstate new york plattsburgh like as mm -hmm. not as you could be yeah and i'm older i'm from always in the city i'm now in a suburban you know i'm seeing facebook you know my friends are you yeah. know they're working and so it was you know it's kind of learning. so that's why like okay at that point in my mind it was catch up Mm -hmm. It was catch up. Mm -hmm. I gotta catch up with where I need to be. You know, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. I spent five years just messing around in Maryland. Like it's time to get serious. came back. Did another four, <laughs> bro. You was in college for yeah. bro. Yeah. Well, how was that pressure on yourself? Like, how did how do you think it affected your performance, your thoughts, even your mm. relationships? Because he, he, I mean, typically before your social life thrived. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You met people. You were literally with people and everything. So something. There was a lot of sacrifice you had to make to transition or go through that growth. So what happened? I mean, so it, it wasn't like there was, to be honest with you, I don't think there was like any like, there was any, nothing pivotal, right? Mm -hmm. there was, I don't think there was a pivoting moment. But it was, um, I didn't have that pressure. Even when I went back to college, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I had my whole thing going on even mm -hmm. when I was upset. Like mm -hmm. I was serious, but I knew that now it was, primary was, you know, the books I needed to graduate, I needed mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. graduate. And secondary was party. Now, party, as an Ogunle, as an Ikorudu boy, it's comes natural to me. You know, so it's like, you know, I could do that in my sleep. And, you know, so it was a good balance. In fact, like, yeah. there are people who I went to school with who would be like, they didn't even know that I went to classes because I was always out. So it was just mm -hmm. balancing them. But I had, an, I had a direction. That was the difference. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And you graduated. Yeah. And look at you today, yo. Glowing. Glowing. 
So let's take it back. Let's, let's let's talk about first jobs in college, like Ooh. first jobs ever in America. You know, hey, it's, first, you know, first, first. I'm oh, the only gross. one speaking about experiences. Or so you no, guys yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because we okay. Talk, all right, all right, all right, cool. So let's talk about like first jobs in college. Like I remember in my head, I didn't even know that we were supposed to work until after you graduate because I never really saw. I mean, I saw Americans, you know, working in McDonald's, but I didn't think it was it was a, a birthright for us Africans to work in this places right but i remember in college and also my sisters you know i'm the last born so like my sisters were sending me money if i call them i'll be like she was working at that time so she'd be like okay here's 500 well balling on 500 i got outfits for one month you know like so i remember like a lot of my friends were getting jobs like maybe at the mall so like they'll tell me about their experience i'm like i ain't doing that that's too many hours like i can't so i ended up getting a job at a hotel there was a hotel right in front of my school it was a marriott Mm -hmm. a courtyard by marriott so i was there as a front desk person I don't lie, like I literally probably lasted six months after after that. <laughs> I was like, this life is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, oh, like I remember this. that. Yeah, because I, I, I remember. To, I used yeah. to stand all the time. The only time I enjoyed it was during the summer. Mm-hmm. Because um, at my school, the New York Giants will come and um, mm. play. They stayed in the school to do practice and stuff. So during like the weekends or during the week, their wives, their girlfriends, so all the so gist. Like, the place was like gist central. You just see one of these guys walking in with like two babes. I'm like, look at her dirty girl. You know, or like you see the wife come in. She's the people that are sending, they are sending gist of $5. I'm for. telling you, that's why when, when, that, when that meme came out, I mean, not the meme, when the Instagram story of the, hotel guy with David Doe saying uh, that I was like I could relate because <laughs> we, we see everything you know so like my experience working at the hotel I think that was my first real experience of like you know getting money into mm-hmm. my accounts like I'm like what I'm in $300 you know in my mind I was excited you know whatever but it didn't last long because in my head I was just like man this is a lot of work <laughs> like yeah man, I ended up bro. getting spider veins from standing too much so that's why like I was just like I mean I remember just being like I enjoyed it just because of the gist in the yeah. summer, but like in reality, I was just like, Mm-mm. I want, I want corporate America. I want to sit down on the desk. I want to see computers. I was so excited for that life, but that was my first job anyway. We'll get into that later. But that was my first job. What was yours, Dupe? Um, your so first job. My first job. I used to work at. I got a job working as cashier at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cashier at the school died in school. Uh, yeah. So, Olida. You know, Oakdale. Is Olida college? High school, high school. Olida is high school. You didn't say college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say in UK. In UK. So, I mean. That's was, University of Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, it was one of the deadest jobs. One of the deadest, deadest, deadest Wait, job. was it the cashier at the restaurant? Like, where was the, where was the... Room? It was one of the campus grills. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, but it was the deadest job, but, because typically, if you're understaffed in the kitchen now, you have to now automatically double up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's so much manual labor. Actually, when I think about it, if we're really saying jobs, jobs, my real first, first job, even though we weren't getting paid, was in Onida. Was in Onida, <laughs> Because, you know, they didn't pay us, but we had to all have jobs. It was a boarding school in Kentucky. Hey. I know my mom sent me to school in Kentucky. I I usually don't tell people about this, but yes, I was in Kentucky for one year. You guys are razors. Yeah. We were both in the same school. Yeah. Well, yes, we used no. to, I remember people could work on the farms. People could work Mobile used to work in the, the farms. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. We're talking about jobs that pay money. Okay, pay money. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, mine was yeah. the Okay, so mine was the, Yeah, mine was the <laughs> oh, What was yours? <laughs> okay. 
No, 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 it's conversation. Yeah, right. It's relatable. A lot of people probably did security guard, dustbin collector, you know, like what? That was my first job. My first job actually was uh JC Penny. I remember this because it was like holiday season mm-hmm. and they needed greeters. So you were planning to do your friends, bro. No, 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 but no, no, but this one was like I had to wear like you know like I wore a suit that day. Like I was actually excited. It was a three-day job. I was really excited. Feeling so, like corporate America. <laughs> Good afternoon. Welcome to JC Penny. Bro, oh my I was God. I was actually super excited. I wore I remember I wore a shirt, tie, suit, uh-huh. all of that, and I was by the. It was so vivid. It was. It was down the down escalator, and I did that for eight hours. Yeah, and I ran home Damn. and I said, "I'm going go to wow. watch." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. "But you know, there's that ginger when you get your I first job. job." Bro, I think I, I got paid like eighty dollars or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! You guys have been crying. Hours. I can't to be less than eighty dollars, maybe sixty, and for I was just like, and I was like, what? That, that, that's that. wild <laughs> you know i feel like being an immigrant right it kind of it, i feel like it's challenging because in nigeria i don't think i ever saw young people work yeah, in nigeria yeah. so mm-hmm. when you now come to america you don't even think to work until you actually see other americans that once they're 18 they're cut off like you have to fend for yourself but we didn't have that because our parents were still kind of supporting us one way or the other right yeah, but i also think i mean just context for that i think we also have a different kind of like we were also shielded from a lot of these yeah. things, right? like, you mm-hmm. know so i think that that played a part to it too and then the preparation that it, they gave us was more of preparation for that real life job yeah so yeah. it's like yeah. they just yeah. want you to focus on school like just pass mm-hmm. your grade so you can get a good job like that was always like the the, the, goal. the goal right you go to college even though you party you turn up whatever but the goal is you're getting a job it wasn't even a oh i might not get a job you are going to get a job like that was it not not the right mm-hmm, did that happen mm-hmm. was that everyone's mindset yeah, the, yeah the, i mean yeah, sorry, the, there were times when i initially started working while i was in school my dad would call me and be like why am i working there's no need for me to work that's big girl sent me here i want to dance <laughs> but yeah so like it was a constant conversation up until i graduated and i guess it was their it was their fear that working would distract me from school um mm-hmm. Or I sh- and I shouldn't even bother with it up until the time I graduate. When I graduate, then I can now start making that. Why am I working for seven hours, seven dollars an hour, or however much? Yeah, that is not necessary. That you know. So, so a quick funny story. So I ended up moving back to Nigeria to work, and then I came back. Then you went to Nigeria to mm-hmm. work, right? What what was your experience? I won't say my experience, but what was your experience? That first job, what was your first job in Nigeria? And then how was the transition from like America to Nigeria? Uh, <clears throat> okay, so my first job, actually, I was quite lucky. 
It was Domi that hooked me up with my first job. It's funny, your dad hooked me up with my first job. <laughs> it was his son that hooked Shout me up with my Domi. first job. Woo! I know, right? Um, so she introduced me to E, and I worked in Andela with him. Nice. It was quite interesting. Obviously, Andela is an American company, so they were bringing in a lot of culture. So I didn't really experience the Nigerian work culture per se up until I started working for actual Nigerian Nigerian people. And I must say, all I knew was that if I was to move back to Nigeria or when I planned on moving back to Nigeria, then I was moving back when a lot of people were moving back and going to work in banks. Mm. I didn't want to work work in a bank because, I mean, I didn't think it should look good on me. (laughs) Do you even also? I got broad shoulders. There was no way I was going to make it broader. And I didn't think that I probably would have lasted six months working in the bank. When one madam would come and say, I should help her carry a bag. That actually happened to me in DSTV. And I had to shut that woman down uh, ASAP. Because she was like, because, you know, it's okay. So it's very interesting how, so I worked in DSTV while mm-hmm. I was in Nigeria. And I loved I enjoyed working in mm-hmm. DSTV. I know, because you always because were at the events. I was, yeah, because they have events. It was your thing. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, I guess DSTV, for those who don't know, are, is, um, like, an entertainment slash cable, it's a cable company, company. It's a cable company in Nigeria. And so I worked there marketing. You know, I was helping them to launch the DSTV mm-hmm. mobile. The, the the company itself was just very lit. Like, mm-hmm. young turn up everyone's having fun there's always events because we're next to the entertainment mnet mm-hmm. so there's always like tinsel party something mm-hmm. party just whatever but like that was the first and mind you i worked in america before i, w- I was at jp morgan oh. very corporate america yeah. then i moved to nigeria so <clears throat> first of all in america we're all first name bases hey john hey kelly you know there's no hey auntie kelly hey auntie shola you know that kind of thing so i moved to nigeria and then i remember there was this lady um and she would she would make me like everybody called her Madame, you know, Madame Lizzie, Madame, you know, you know, Auntie this. Mrs. And, 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 you know, it really shocked me then because I was just like, how does she know I won't be a boss one day then? How would I be calling her Auntie? Like, I should be calling her Lizzie so that she can call me Moyo. And then when, so if I become a senior now, she'll be calling me Auntie Moyo, even though I'm That's younger than her. No, honestly, because in my mind, I was like, how are you, how do you bridge that gap? Because sometimes you're older than the people that report to you, but how does that work That's in Nigerian culture? I'm sorry. That's the first time I've actually heard someone say that that take in terms of That's the whole a, yeah. answer yeah it's, an, it's but an it's, it's actually legit yeah it's because legit. i always I, because in my mind you know me i'm very like ah, I, I see goals i'm like yeah. okay this company i want to mm-hmm. be this by the time i leave so that's the way i always saw it and i just always thought it was weird mm-hmm. so she knew i was very like you know she could tell i was in, she used to call me america you <laughs> i would, and she used to tell me that she would tell me i'll show you that you work in a Nigerian company. She used to tell me that all the time. I mean, so I look at her, I'll be like, I'll show you you employed an American. <laughs> like, that was always my, we, we have that unseen battle. So, like, there was, there was a day, like, she always tell people, like, you know, all these people kiss ass in Nigeria mm-hmm. a lot. So, as soon as she just stands up from her desk, everybody would want to grab her bag, walk, carry her water bottle, carry her lunchbox, mm-hmm. take it to her car for her. But, you know, me, I ain't doing none of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever. So, I remember, like, one time she literally said, no, 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 no. Moya, <laughs> walk with me to my cash. So she got up, and I think she was expecting me to carry her bag. And I told her, and then she, so I, I just was standing next to her, like, okay, maybe she wants to say something to me. She looked back and go, can you grab my bag? So I grabbed the bag and I did like this, like take your bag, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh no no, take it with me to the to the car. 
I carried it too because mm. of course she's my boss. But in my in my mind, it was pain. Ah. I just started saying, "Wow, she trapped me. <laughs> she trapped me." I wish like if, but that's Nigerian culture. No. Is my point yeah. is like they always try to belittle you, even just because you are underneath them yeah. or whatever the case is. But that's for that's just one of one my of experiences. the stories. But one thing I loved about Nigeria is that even well working for DSTV. DSTV was. Even though it's in Nigeria, mm-hmm. it's actually a South African company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, I remember my friends that worked in like other companies, they'll be complaining about salary coming late. You know, it's the first, they've what not the, received money. What was the DSTV, they were on time. What day? They, in fact, they never failed. <laughs> not once did I ever worry about paycheck. And they gave us a good bonus. You know, you know, Nigeria, they do that thing where, I don't know if you're familiar, but they do that thing where like they give you 10% of your salary ahead because, so. you know, rent, rent yeah. for a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they give you a big chunk. That my big chunk of housing paying rent in Nigeria. That big chunk, I traveled. <laughs> <laughs> that was my holiday money. So like I never experienced that hardship of salary not coming in in nigeria or whatever because because of because i was working for an international Mm -hmm. company thank Mm -hmm. god but like i know like working in nigeria was hard because Mm -hmm. you went through that like working for another company Mm -hmm. where like literally we're we're in nigeria december about to turn up dupe is like moyo man my my account has not dinged (laughs) that's wild yeah and and you take it took like almost two months before they paid her like that was wild like yeah yeah. you know i'm just thinking about it from a psychological concept it's it's also almost crazy like it's also in doctrine that the people that work under you now will never work over you Exactly. That thing is crazy. Because if I'm calling you uncle, auntie, psychologically, psychologically yeah. you are never thinking even you're like, going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine me not even like as comfortable as I am, me not even receiving my salary at well, as I, when I'm supposed mm-hmm. to receive it. Imagine those below <coughs> me yeah. that are not even like getting earning paid that as much or yeah. earning yeah. that much or as not as comfortable. And it means more to them. It means, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you see all that happening and you know. I think you it just al- has to continuously manage them because you don't have any choice. Yeah, I think sometimes that also affects Nigerians' work ethic. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of people don't care. Like I feel like with some people I worked with, it was almost like if you're not paying them, it's like mm. why should I? Why, exactly. You know, like you why am I coming in? Exactly. Exactly. They lose morale. But DSTV people were loyal. Like mm. there are people that used to be there for long, and I can understand why. Even if you're not happy, you just stay there because mm. at least your paycheck is coming. Stability in. is skill. And why do we work? Is it not so that we can sustain our lives? We need that paycheck. Yeah. And mm. then I hate when you don't pay. And then you expect me to come to work nine mm. to five. Honestly. If you don't pay me, I can come to work at twelve. <laughs> and then I expect you to put in the same amount, the same work, if not more. That meant you're paying you. I swear to God, because they expect your morale to be high. Tip top. Tip top. And also in terms of growth as well, I feel like America, you grow faster from my experience than you do in Nigeria. Mm. Like in terms of promotion, in terms of even new knowledge, learning something new. Like when I was in Nigeria doing market, it was harder to to get that development that I needed. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's changed now. You can tell me. But like in America, I feel like, you know, the progression of like an analyst to an associate, associate to director, mm-hmm. director to VP, VP to mm-hmm. CMO. There's a clear path. Is a, there's a clear path. But in Nigeria, it could mm-hmm. also be that syndrome of like, you know, when you think somebody is above you, you're not really aiming for higher. Mm-hmm. But do you think in Nigeria is hard? Is harder. I mean, ev- <clears throat> typically everything in Nigeria is harder. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> getting a job in Nigeria is harder. Do you understand? Negotiating is harder. So you face the daily, you face the daily challenges of um, having to grow. Because, but one thing I can tell you for a fact, or one thing I believe typically happens between Nigerians and Americans, or especially you, see, you might see between Nigerians working here and they're coming to work here, is that they tend to <clears throat> putting more effort, right? And they are, it's easier for them to accept to take on more challenges. Yeah. Because the same bureaucracy, red tapes, everything that you experience over here. Is different. Is different over there. Office government, politics, gov- yeah. Office politics. Even governments makes it doesn't make it easy office to politi- do business. Yeah. Office politics in Nigeria is disgusting. Ah, he's brutal. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little. Di- I mean, maybe I'm just looking from from just an American someone who's worked primarily in America mm, standpoint. Yeah. I feel like it's a different level of office politics in Nigeria versus yeah, because I think in America it's not a you know. Because the first thing you're going to deal with is, you know, kind of a double identity, right? You know, you're trying to be one way at mm-hmm. work and another, you know, and another yeah. way when you're not yeah. at work, right? Mm-hmm. So trying to maintain that balance and then deal with the, uh, 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 an office politics in a culture that you're pretty much just witnessing because it's not just that you're black, but mm-hmm. you're someone who did not grow up here yeah. and mm-hmm. is not from here, right? So I think there's that. But in Nigeria, I feel like with that, it's almost very, very much more My dear, it's gloves off. <laughs> exactly. Gloves off. There's no, there's, I mean, companies will tell you that they have um, policies and, you know, um, they have policies and handbooks and things like that to guide them in making decisions. I don't think most of the time it's being really implemented. They just develop them to, just to go just through for audits. For compliance. But they don't really, like I've seen I've seen business owners flaunt, like break the law, yeah. typically just because they are the owners of the business. There's no accountability. There's no accountability. So, so when you say when you say corporate governance in Nigeria or office politics or more, it's just as dirty as the actual actual politics, yeah. like really and truly. And yeah, looking <laughs> looking for looking for jobs. Just curious, looking for jobs in Nigeria. Is it mm-hmm. as easy as it is here? I'm not saying that it's easy to get one, mm-hmm. but I mean easy to look. So like here now, LinkedIn works, right? Mm-hmm. There's um LinkedIn Glassdoor. There are mm-hmm. places you go to that you can actually find jobs. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, I know they have Jobaman. They have mm-hmm. like uh, do those things actually work? Do companies like real corporate companies mm-hmm. go to those places to look for talent, or how does that work? They in actually Nigeria? go there. Or is too- it Word of mouth, because a lot of people I know in Nigeria is based on word of mouth. Like my friend is looking for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me let me um, introduce you. Mm-hmm. How does it work in Nigeria? So obviously, the higher, the more senior you are, the more word of organic mouth. word yeah. of mouth mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. But organizations, Glassdoor, Indeed, LinkedIn, they all work in Nigeria. Oh, nice. Yeah, and um, businesses typically use them. I've used them um, a couple of times in the roles I've played. In the roles I've played, and I've seen how other businesses have used them, and I've seen how people have found jobs through those platforms too. So, so really quickly, working from home versus going to an office. What's your Working preference? from home. What's yours? 
Working from home. I'm a hybrid man. Because you know, I, you I have your family. A lot of yo, my boss. <laughs> to be honest, actually, no, no, to no, be no, honest, no, to be honest, wait, I don't mind hybrid. No, wait, my boss, my boss in America, during when we were remote, she used to complain because she the, kids, be the kids would just come in. So she was like, I just can't wait for us to go back to the office. I'm looking at her like, ma'am, that's a person. No problem. <laughs> I like my No, home. I actually no. don't mind hybrid because. I mean, just to get some activity, just to get some fresh air, just to get a bit of different... I mean, it's... Just to get a different work environment. Personally, I would say hybrid. But hybrid, depending on my hybrid, depending on my schedule, I want to be able to work from home for like two weeks and come in once a week. Once every three weeks. So not like a... Yeah, give me... Tell me that I have to show up 10 days a month. I'm different. I'm very very routined. Like... Is it that I'm in or I'm out? Like, I don't need the grays, the going one, three day mm-hmm. here, one day, then I have to be carrying my laptop with me every day, mm-hmm. carrying laptop to the office, set up again. I, I, like, I want to wake because, up and just go to my desk. I so, mean, so if I, so, wait one second. So if, like, for example, when I used to go into the office, mm-hmm. I, I do not take my laptop home. I don't give a fuck if the if, if I once I close <laughs> that laptop, I am yeah. not carrying it home. Man, I, I remember when I used to think that one sentence would die if, one I, don't second. Carry, if yeah. I don't do the work. Well, that's because you used to think it's your father's company. <laughs> I swear, I God, I swear. No, 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 I had to, I had to put the the. Cross me, the I line. put that line there because when I go in. I, Funny enough, okay, going in was tough because we used to gist a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, I mean, what I mean is, I guess, going, well, I don't do both. I like mm-hmm. one way. I'm very routine. So mm-hmm. it's like, if we're doing office, I want to keep my laptop there. I want to know, like, when I come in with my cup of coffee, I open it, I check my emails, like, yep. routine. I, I've seen if it. I'm home, I see it in the morning. Wake <laughs> up, rise and shine. I am a very routine person. And Dance once I Spider-Man, go off my routine, it it's so, it, yeah, it messes me up. Even in like my mood, my meetings, like I'm just there, like I need to do my, you know, like I need to, okay, pause. I need to go and get my coffee, like start my routine all nah. over again. That's just how I am. And, and then I, even even at home too, it's routine. Like I literally will go in, I open it, I know exactly what I'm doing today because mm-hmm. I, you know, like I like that routine. So I'm not really a hybrid person. Like give me one or the other. But the only reason why personally I prefer working from home to office is because of office politics. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, drama just likes me. <laughs> it just follows. Even That's when not I like don't a want personal to. problem. It's a, it's a big personal it really problem. Does. But drama just likes me. I don't know. Maybe because, you know, I mean, I'm a very juvenile person. I like to have just, you know, people always. Yes, like, social. In, in an like, office setting, I don't know why, but everybody wants to come and tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. I mean, I listen <laughs> and I'll even give feedback. So, and that's how I put myself into the drama. But in reality, like, I like the fact that, like, once you hang up, you know, it's That's like a it. hang up situation. Like, you don't know anything too much about me. I don't know much about we you. Keep it. Let's focus on the work that we're doing. So, mm-hmm. I personally really like this whole work from home thing. Damola, I know it's different from you because you like social. No. You are a social <laughs> butterfly. You like people. So, yeah, what's I your like take hybrid. on it? So, so, that's why hybrid is important because, you know, first, I like the flexibility of working from home because it gives me a lot more intentional time with the boys, with Rumi type of thing. And, you know, just more, flexi- <laughs> just more flexibility. But I'd also like the hybrid because I'm also very career driven. And I feel like, you know, and, and I know that this is not industry agnostic uh, or it is industry agnostic. But like, you know, there are some industries where you do have to still rub shoulders to True. to move up. Right. Mm-hmm, and, true. you know, and I am in one of those careers. So, <laughs> you know, how do you develop that? 
if you're remote or you're virtual. You don't develop true, true. professional relationships. Mm-hmm. Everything is all virtual relationship. Uh, I'm not saying virtual is real or not real. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into that mm-hmm. argument. Yeah. But it's about, you know, it's not personable. So how does that person have a vested interest mm-hmm. in your professional development? Mm-hmm. So it uh, for me, I like the fact that, like, the company I work for, they, they create these... Um, meet and greet and um like let's have meetings mm-hmm. maybe once a month in another state or another like we all meet up in different places because my company right now is fully remote okay. mm-hmm. and i like that i prefer that like those are the times like i mean we went to mexico for a week as mm-hmm. a team team building and that was where i got to like rub shoulders meet like the ceo mm-hmm. which was amazing mm-hmm. you know just to it was nice to put a, mm-hmm. a real face to so yeah. i like that yeah. part but in terms of like when I, I guess when i say hybrid i mean like two days in one day at home you know like three mm-hmm. three days at work two days at home like that weekly thing i don't like it but that once in a while i don't mind it so okay. the one you like which is like two weeks work from home one week going yeah, I, like I don't that. mind I that but that. Because like I control how often yeah, exactly. I can control how often you see me. If you are pissing me off, let's just be working from a distance. And just keep it professional. We are sending. Yeah. We are sending each other. But, but when you have direct reports, does that kind of mess you up too? Because mm. if I have direct reports and I'm going into the office, I, mean, I expect them to come to the office so we can just meet together but if it's like i don't know when this person if if you're coming in today or not coming in tomorrow mm-hmm. like it's a little confusing to me okay. maybe it's also part of the fact that i like routine so maybe yeah, that me- bothers me so again sounds like a personal problem exactly Sorry, yeah <laughs> but, yo you're coming for me hard on my problem you know but i think about it like so my hybrid is kind of like your hybrid like I, I just want the flexibility if i wake up today and i want to come into the office I should be able to do that. That's the type of hybrid I'm talking about. Not yeah. that it's fixed. Uh, fixed. Okay. Not yeah. that it's fixed on you have to come to, you know, it's 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 really a true hybrid situation, yeah. right? So and then that's my take on For direct reports, to answer your question, for direct reports on meeting days, just agree on what days you want to, to you come in. Them like to the, come the in. team comes in. I know on that if you're meeting ten times a month or however times these are the dates that you have to be in the office and yeah that's it. yeah, yeah. Well, because but then that's if you're lucky and you have one direct report that direct report that have sense if your direct report no have sense so again so 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 i you know in, in in some of the leadership development that i do for work and per- personally you know, Gen Z or managing Gen Z is, actually, Gen Z. is actually a conversation <laughs> on its own. We right? had, so we had that, we it's had not it's all So now, it's, sorry, in terms of how I, you know, manage direct reports mm-hmm. that are virtual, it's like, or remote, is let's have a Monday or let's have an open communication. What is your expectation today of me? What's your expectation of you? Are you going in or are you not going in? I mean, my company is based out in California, so it's like, you know, you're not worried about me sneaking up on you because yeah. it can happen, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, what days are you going to go and what days are you not going to go in? And the days that you're going to go in, I will program it where if you don't go in, not that I need to know what you don't go in, but it's also about productivity, right? Mm-hmm. This is... an. It, as I'm building, at least, you know, I'm just building my team. So I'm just learning their, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, their ins and outs and what works for them. Right. So it's also a way for me to test them. Right. So it's, it's letting me know that, okay, you, I can take you, I get, you know, I can exactly. take you at your word. Right. Exactly. Because if I tell you that, okay, we're going to do this, you're going to do this on a Tuesday and I schedule things around for you on that Tuesday and then I get repeatedly, yo, you're not making that stuff. Mm-hmm. That already tells tells me how much I can depend on you. Yeah. 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 So last year, Dupe was working from home, hybrid actually. Mm-hmm. So when I would talk to her on the phone, you know, she would make it sound very easy. Like, yeah, I'm just working. I'm just working. You know. So I decided to do 
you know what? Because I think this was when COVID was over. Everybody was going back to the office. So my office now said, everybody back to the office. I said, ah, oh, I'm traveling. Because <laughs> you know, I was trying to prolong it as much as I could. So I decided I'll go to Nigeria for the month of March, right? To just yeah. go work from there. In my mind, I was thinking three weeks. I did not know March was five weeks. <laughs> like, literally. So I ended up being and in Nigeria. And if you buy quickly. I ended up being... Quickly? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was quick. I ended up being in Nigeria for quickly. five weeks, working from yeah. home, right, mm-hmm. in Nigeria. I mean... Waking up at odd hours. Yo, the struggle was real. Like, I, I actually wonder how these travel, travel bloggers that full-time jobs do it, like, go mm-hmm. international. Because, first of all, let's talk about time difference, right? Mm-hmm. So I was working 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. every day, Monday mm-hmm. to Friday. And, like... I mean, I would do brunch with friends. That was fun. So at least I get to see them during the week. But at night now, Dupe is going out at 8 o'clock. I need to go follow her. <laughs> I mean, why am I in Nigeria? So, so I'll literally wake up in the morning to go to the gym. Yeah, and then, we, and then the funny thing is we'll have to wake up because she goes to the gym at like 5 in the morning. So I'll have to wake up at 5, go with her to the gym. But then I'm up till 11 because I have to work. But then that was one thing. Then the other struggle for me was... Electricity. was electricity this was when the grid collapsed <laughs> so so you know i mean there's 24 hours light because of generator or whatever mm. but then the issue was that because the grid collapsed the generator the, the building is like um we're going to oh, start yeah, turning off the generator they, from yeah. one time to one time 24 so, hours suddenly became yeah, like like 20 yeah, yeah so so then that was the other thing was just like, damn, yo, like trying to get internet. Because once they mm-hmm. take like no internet, mm-hmm. we'll have to, we now have to go and find inventor, plug inventor. Like it was just a it lot was a mess. to just work. And then I remember the co-working space. I was like, okay, you know, I'll go to the co-working mm-hmm. space. But then co-working spaces, they close at like seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I work till 11. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm now going in traffic another two hours. Yo, it was just, oh, you go to coffee shops to do like quick meetings. And then they're like, oh, sorry, our internet is down today. I'm like, what the like yep. so to me it was more of a struggle mm-hmm. five weeks but thank god i'd already like had my foot in the door in the oh. company i had been there for years so like they knew they know my capabilities no. but like it was such a hard like i don't know how travel bloggers do it or how people who who like go to nigeria to mm-hmm. work from actually are super productive because for me i won't lie it was not as easy as i thought it would be mm-hmm. it's uh it's I, I know friends who do it and it's like everything else convenience is a cost yeah. yeah, like I know people who did that, and all they did, they just made sure that they paid premium for constant power. They paid premium mm. for constant power. And mind you, it's also how you schedule your meetings. But we were, I was your, 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 I was Bomoyo, 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 you had a lot of meetings. Okay. I do. You it's not that always, I had. You I still do. do. <laughs> you have a lot of meetings. You still take a lot of meetings. So it's yeah. also how you... That's it's also true, how you plan too. your meetings. You plan your meetings at 10 p.m. towards the close of business over here. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. your problem. That, that, that's that's your personal problem. As that, well, I will say. Sounds like a personal It was problem. definitely very personal. Exactly. Because even now, like sometimes I think like I want to like just get up and go. Like I want to travel. It's not like I have anything holding me back. But then when I just think of my experience in Nigeria, I'm like, nah, man, I ain't going to Morocco to come and start working till 11 p.m. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like how do you really enjoy the place? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Not to, not sorry, not to pivot a, a lot, but like speaking of this, you know, working for at home versus not working at home productivity versus meetings right because there's a thing ah, working from man. home it's like death by meeting there's actually a book by patrick lencioni called to read it. death by meeting and he I talks about about eng- like engage like just meeting over drive and how to I be do more know functional days, yeah but but all you know how do you balance that especially when you're not just a pm that that's 
is um you know you're the one that's driving all the meetings so like mm -hmm. you're being invited to other meetings from a functional area standpoint right yeah. so like how do you manage being productive versus just being in meetings because you have to be a body in the meetings well, yeah, that's for you. yeah yeah i definitely struggle with that now to be fair um <laughs> Because literally from 9.30 to 2 p.m., mm -hmm. on most days I'm in meetings, back to back to back to back. And at 2 p.m., the only reason why it stops is because I do mandatory lunch, mm -hmm. do not book over my lunch. <laughs> Everybody in the company knows. If you, I, In fact, I even put focus so that if you book it, it would decline it. <laughs> like that's how, just because I'm like, it's like burn, like mm -hmm. I feel like that allows me to burn out faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then after two, then I start doing my work. But by that time, I'm still processing all the new things that mm -hmm. I've gotten from those meetings. But um, I need to find a way to balance it. What did the book say, please? Well, I'm curious. What was the oh, no, no. It, it's the actually book? So the book is actually not saying that it's the meetings or the number of meetings. It's the fact that a lot of the meetings are not engaging. So a lot of I times you're just sitting in the meetings. Like they, Sometimes meetings, we tend to do a meeting for coverall. When there are mm -hmm. targeted meetings where you want to drive strategy, you want to make a decision. Oh, I see. There are informational mm -hmm. meetings where I it's see. like 15 minutes power. Mm -hmm. Everyone just sends you, you know, so, you know, say your update. So that's what the book really focuses on. That is just. I, mean, oh, I, feel, I, like, I feel like some people even be booking meetings when meetings are not necessary. Yeah. So, so in my case, I've I've definitely deleted a lot of deadweight meetings. That's mm -hmm. why now it's only till night. But then all these meetings, they're actually talking meetings yeah. so it's not meetings where i'm just sitting down and just listening i'm actually talking mm -hmm. in those meetings so that's what makes it a little more stressful yeah. for me is because like even if i'd say okay you know, i'm not going to talk in this they're like mo what do you think yeah, i'm like engaged. yeah so yeah, I, exactly i'm very mm -hmm. engaged in those meetings so i've always been looking for i need to find a way to like like how do i tell people no meetings because if i say no meetings then they're like mm -hmm. okay, she's not working okay. yeah not even, not mm -hmm. even like she's not working because they see the work mm -hmm. but it's more of like Okay, sorry, Mo. Um, Slack. Can I just huddle you quickly? That is a meeting, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. But um, you know, I think the good thing about it is that I enjoy what I do. So mm -hmm. like a lot of times, even like just the strategy, like even when like maybe an SDR person or like a salesperson is calling me for a meeting, it's not necessarily like in my head I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this meeting. But it's more of like I actually enjoy mm -hmm. strategizing with them, trying to help them. So I think that's what helps me most mm -hmm. times. But it's just the just sometimes you're just like okay I need I actually need to do my own work mm -hmm. you know what I mean. I mean but I, I used to think I like this I I used to prefer physical meetings because it's more engaging mm -hmm. and you get to see people's reactions. Ah, uh, but recently I discovered that it's not every meeting that has to be physical. Let's keep it virtual. But then how do you now how do you now deal because most of your I know that most of your meetings are also online. How do you now keep that? I know you said it's engaging and everything, but how do you not get, how do you like not get tired though? Because you do this, I've been with you, I've been here oh, with you literally so for less than a week and you're in meetings back to back to back, like nonstop. And mind you, I know you said most of them listen are talking. Most of them listen are actually, hand, you're actually hand holding. <laughs> you're actually <laughs> hand holding your team members. Because I'm like, I'm like, because a lot of them, they call like, that's the yeah. thing. It's like when they call you and they need help, mm. even though it's not really my, my job to do, like I'm not a website developer or I'm not a, but, but I'm literally doing the, like I'm helping. It's just, it's just my nature. I think, I think I say this all the time. I'm very solution driven. So when mm. people call me with problems, as much as I want to be like, girl, bye, it ain't my problem. I would want to find a solution for them. Then I work through it. It's, it's hard. Mm. I don't know how to do the balance. I'm trying to find a balance myself. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a personal problem in the fact that, um, you know, you like to be engaged? 
No, I don't think so because I need them to do it in order for me to be successful. You know what I mean? Especially Mm -hmm. if they're on my team. It's like I cannot tell her, figure it out. I mean, I could, but then it's going to slow me down because Mm -hmm. I need need her to do this thing ASAP. But then if she cannot do it, then I'm just like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's do this. 30 minutes, come on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I need it to get done. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I hear that. So I guess what I meant from Engage is that you like the challenge. Sorry, maybe not Engage is the word. You like the challenge because for you, it's also... Okay, I'm not really sure about this, but let's figure it out together. You want to? I enjoy. That's why yes. I said I'm very solution driven. Mm-hmm. So in my mind now, I can tell you about HTML. I'm not a web developer, but now I know about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? I can tell you about like designing easy ways to do this. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just my nature, like you say. Like I think that's that that helps. So re- so now that we're talking about work, right? Dealing with the pressure of success, because I think as Africans mm. or as immigrants, right? Even humans, just anybody that's driven, you know, we deal with the pressure of success. So in my head, I feel like life be life for me because my own pressure does not necessarily come from anything but myself. I don't know where I got that thing from, but like, I just, I just want to be successful. You know, it's like, I just want to have, I think my main goal is I just want to be able to enjoy life. And to enjoy life, you need to make money. Which I don't think is such a bad thing now. But, I mean, but, I think it's it's a, but, then, but then I think because of that, I over, I, I, I put so much pressure on myself. And even this whole thing of helping this team and that team is pressure on me because technically, the same way I figure it out is how they should figure it out. You know what I mean? But it's that hunger for success, right? I want to make sure... I, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it stems from ex, from trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Because okay, good. I'm glad I think, we're the, about I think that. the trauma is <laughs> like in past jobs, like a, maybe a job I had before. I remember, like I think I mentioned this also, like you know where you would work so hard and then maybe they are doing layoffs, you know. And sometimes I always think I've, I've been in the position where we're talking. I've been in the position where we're, we're talking about laying off people. Mm-hmm. And I see the way how, like, the thought process of it happens. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it's like I, I just want to make sure I'm doing all the right things so that if... I don't know. I think it comes from that trauma. I, don't, I, can't, I can't connect it. But yeah, I, I but think, I feel, I think but the pressure could... comes from, let me make sure... Okay, this is... Now I remember. So I remember when I first... One time when I got laid off and... They were laying off people. They and you know, doing my best and everything. They still laid me off. And when I asked, they were just like, "Oh, we're laying off any any team that's not revenue generating, right?" Mm. So then that that gave me this shake because I'm like, "Hey, marketing, how am I going to justify. how am I going to justify and add revenue?" Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because even before what I do became a thing, before mm-hmm. demand generation became a thing, I was already doing it, mm. and I did it because I was trying to secure my own job mm-hmm. for my next role or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I started thinking, how can marketing, you know, add to revenue? I'm like, okay, if I'm bringing in leads, then I'm bringing in prospects. You know, this was before there was even anything, a title for, yeah. So it's crazy to me that sometimes I feel like I fell into my passion. Mm -hmm. But like, it's, it's, so that fear, I think is what brought me back to this pressure on myself for success because I'm like, I don't want to be in that position. I've been in positions where I lost my job and like maybe I had my last one dollar. Mm-hmm. My last rent money. God just gave me a job. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So because I've done that way, I've saved, 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 lost it all, you know, mm-hmm. paying for rent or whatever. So I've I've come to that that pressure in my head where it's like I don't want to ever be in that position mm-hmm. again. So now I'm just like double downing, working extra hard, making mm-hmm. sure that 
the company can ba like values me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's where that pressure for success comes from. And it comes from me, and it's trauma, and mm -hmm. it's out of life is life in. <laughs> life yeah. is life. That's where that came from. That's why, but it's funny that's you said trauma. Yeah. Very interesting, and it's funny you said trauma because, like I say, like my drive for success is driven by trauma, and it's trauma of failing. Not necessarily mm. because you know I don't know where the you know where I'll eat or whatever because I mean as long I mean that's always a you know it's always a concern but yeah. I, I'm I'm such a hustler you know because bro I've hustled in this world and I feel that you know it's not about you know I can lose it all and get it back mm -hmm. but I think it's a, it's a fear of it's driven by a fear of failure because our at least the society I grew up in has not made me feel comfortable with failure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So it's not that I'm, I'm scared to fail because, oh, you know, I don't think my family will eat or that, you know, I don't know what I'll do. Mm -hmm. It's more or less, I just am very comfortable with mm -hmm. the concept of failing, mm -hmm. right? Oh, and mm -hmm. that's, and I think that's where the trauma comes from. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. I think for me, ah, failure. Failure for me is not even. I think failure. See what I'm saying? Can I land? Wait, failure for me, the reason why it's not an option is because of how I grew up. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a single household. Mm -hmm. My mother had to fend for kids, fend for this. So it's so funny because back in the day when I was younger, I used to be like, I'm just going to get married. Mom will take care of everything. Like that was how I saw mommies and daddies do it mm -hmm. in Nigeria, right? Daddy mm -hmm. took care of everything. Mommy just goes to shop, has small money. They'll use it to do little, little fun things. Uh -huh. So I remember at some point I had that mentality that I don't need to do too much, you know? But then as I started getting older and then I'm like, ah, me, I can't come. I can't, I can't do all. And it's based on, you know, of course, mm -hmm. all the fails, all, all the th life things that have happened. I just got to a place, and I remember telling myself one time, like, Moyo, the bottom is not your place. Like, you need to put in that work. And that's why I, I remember I started YouTube because of that. Mm -hmm. I started, like, venturing into, like, other little... Skinners, handy domestics. Handyman, handy domestics. Remember your wings? I'm telling you, do you know that in, like, in, like, maybe my whole car, like, maybe not my whole car, maybe, like, at least over 10 years of working, I've always had two things happening at the mm -hmm. same time. I can't, I've never had just one job. Is it that one job, one hustle? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, one job, one hustle. I always have to have something because in my mind, I'm like, there has to be something to lean back on. Mm -hmm. If, God forbid, I lose my job today, okay, YouTube, let's activate. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, let's make, make more videos, make more money. By God's grace, oh, we all win. You know, like there's always something, mm -hmm. handy domestics, cleaning business, same thing. It's like, I just needed that second assurance mm. to make sure that I'm always good. Mm -hmm. So to me, failure... It's just not an option. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I yeah. wish I could be comfortable in failure because I mean, in I think that's what they teach you now with all this therapy and things. Mm -hmm. Like it's oh, normal. It's normal for failure. They said is normal. normal to but I can't. I find it so difficult just because I'm scared of that bottom that failure would take you to. So, yeah. yeah. So, Even so the path to recovery, I don't think. Like when you think about how much you have to recover and how much you have to lose. I, yeah, failure is really not an option. Yeah. I mean, they tell you that yes, the, the safety net is there, but safety if net. I don't have to go, to, if I don't have to go through that failure, why should I go through yeah. that? Failure? I also think of like even the safety net thing. Like in my head, every time I think of going broke, like I just think of like where am I going to well, live? Yeah, like I, I'm not going to move in with Dilmi, Like where am I going to move into? Like I don't have that safety net. That yeah. am I going to move back to Africa? 
I welcome you with open arms. I get it, but like in my head, it would just it I feel like happen. I cannot reach that place. Happen. Also, the safety net FX FX affects 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 but, but you know, you you it's funny in this podcast, you actually mentioned it that yeah, you know, I felt like I lost it all and I got it back. Mm-hmm. In reality, you know, some say that's a failure and you've recovered, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't consider that a failure because you recovered. Wait, yeah. losing, you're losing mm-hmm. your job? No, just everything. No, you're losing you lose your job, it, going to America, going to Nigeria, coming back. Well, I don't, I don't you consider, s- I don't consider it a failure because you got laid off. It's not a failure. No, no, no. That's not. That's not even what I'm also talking like about. It. I'm losing your job or you're or getting laid off. It's like about you know, hitting rock you, bottom. You know, the, you know, your rock bottom is very, is very, mm, you know, I it's see very what you relative. Mean. You know, it's like you came back and said, "Oh my God, my credit was this." I, you know, when you came back from Nigeria and you literally started again, right? Mm. You know, so the failure is relative. In the, fa- in the sense that, like, mm. some said that, well, you know, you went, you, you were supposed to be bigger than what you mm-hmm. did when you came back, but you came back and literally had to humble yourself and, like, kind of get back. So you've known, you mm. know that you can actually go through failure, but mm. you don't, re- mm. you don't, you don't see that as failure because you made it through. So in our mind, mm. failures, the finality of failure is like death, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That there's no coming back from. And, 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 and I think this just, this concept of failure, yes, I know it's still, it's, driven by trauma but it also goes to on the flip side the conversation that you said we had this conversation in jersey in a wedding where you talked about we don't celebrate our successes enough Mm, right i agree we don't celebrate our successes enough and at the same time we don't give ourselves the credit for starting again because it wasn't a finality Mm. so i think you know if you look at it from both extremes there's something to that you know celebrating success i think i started that thing probably like two, three years ago, where like I started telling myself, Mohyo, you enjoy this, your money you're making. <laughs> and I started enjoying life. I think this was like during COVID. I was just like, honestly, what am I keeping all these things for? What am I, like every time, walk, 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 life, life, life. I like be life. So the work that life, I'm walking, so you don't live life to the So fullest. I started, I just, I just came into this concept of like, you know what, every time I reach somewhere where I feel like I fought to get, I'm going to gift mm-hmm. myself with something nice. So, you know, I think, I think that was how, that's how I deal with success anyway. Um, so yeah, so just to kind of wrap it up, because I think we've kind of gone really deep into like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is a really, different angle of life. Yeah, life. <laughs> and even, the, right? even the tempo is different from, it's more like educative. We're sharing a lot of deep insights about ourselves today even our career path things that we work so it's quite interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of episodes are going to bring Facts. for sure Facts. i think life definitely be life in especially in this career work life you know this whole thing life life honestly life honestly life but you know just just uh, a kudos kudos to damola because damola you make it i mean you're older you're like our older cousin and we all look up to you and stuff it made and me it, sound like you i'm make so it, old i'm not you that are, old guys. yeah old yeah you're on the fourth floor okay i know that but <laughs> <laughs> but I think in in reality, you know, you make you make a lot of things look easy, even though, like you said, we don't see the backside of it, right? And of course, you have a good partner that makes it even easier <laughs> looking, because you know, uh, uh, dear Rumi, <laughs> my baby, my baby. <laughs> so 
so, but no, in reality, we, we, I think we definitely have to invite Rumi soon, Moya, think, because we've done like five different shout outs to her today. So, Rumi, <laughs> but I soon loading, but but I think it's it's really dope how you compartmentalize compart, uh, compartmentalize <laughs> your life. As Nigerian accents <laughs> how you compartmentalize your life and like just make. You know, make it look good, you know, even though life be lifing, but I think the main thing is just the packaging, you know, life lives, but you got to find a way to move, move up. And I really love what you said as well about life, about, um, failure, like the way Ooh. to look at failure. And I think it's, it's crazy cause we don't. So anyway, thanks for coming to our podcast. We had a yo, great time. This was an yo. amazing conversation. Thank you. And for those of you listening, don't forget to subscribe. Please join us on Spotify, on Apple music, on YouTube and leave your comments. Yeah. Leave comments, subscribe. send us emails, do something. So we know you're listening and we know you enjoy this. So follow us on Instagram. It's life be lifing the podcast. And we will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace. Deuce, deuce. <laughs>